Good morning. Welcome this morning, church. Stand with us. We've got a new song to teach you today.
can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can Oh, 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 oh,
Hallelujah. How many are glad that we know the lion and the lamb? Amen. The lamb that gave his life for us. The lamb that cares enough and loves us. But the lion who goes to battle before us. So thankful. Thankful for what he does and thankful. Got to see my face in it. Sorry. Got to get my, um, for what he does for us. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord was just, he spoke to me. And then he just, as a last like tagline, he said, Joshua walls are about to fall. Joshua 6, 1 says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and its mighty men of valor. It's a common story that we all know, right? They were told to march around Jericho once a day for, seven, for six days on the seventh day, march seven times. I feel like God keeps telling us the same thing, that we've got victory. I feel like he keeps wanting us to know there's a battle that we've won. I feel like he keeps having me say, just hold on a little bit longer. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep standing your ground. And I felt this as he gave me this. There's three things that we need to do. Three things they did, right? They followed obedience and marched. They took an action. Sometimes our action are just speaking words. Sometimes our action are actually physical things that God gives us to do. Sometimes they don't make sense, but he knows what he's doing. And they stood in faith. Amen? Faith. Matthew says that faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain. But I know that God is saying this today. There are some of us who have fought long, hard battles. And the walls of Jericho are about to fall. And I know he's saying if we continue to speak his word over our situation, if we stand over his situation, if we declare who he is, he is the lion and the lamb. He is the God, the God that is and was and is to come. He is the great I am. He is our deliverer. He is our strong tower. He is everything. And if we, if we declare that, I'm going to do this because this is what I think he had me do. As you walk around and you declare who God is and what God is and what God will do, your walls will begin to fall. Don't give up. There are some Jericho walls that are about to fall.
this moment, it does not matter what you're going through. It does not matter what prognosis or diagnosis you've been told. It don't matter what a doctor, what man, or what any political agenda can ever tell you. God stands above it all. He sits at the top of the throne. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Nobody writes our future except for God and God alone. Then sings my soul. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's lift him up today. Can you exalt the name of the Lord today? Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, can you lift up holy hands in the house today? Can we lift up holy hands in the house today? Worthy are you, Lord. How great you are, Lord. And greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we honor you, Jesus. Come on. Can you lift your hands? Come on, church. Lord, we press in today. God, we're not here out of duty. But, Lord, we've come to lift up your name, the mighty name of Jesus. It's a name above every other name. So, Lord, we just lean in you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, your mercy, and your grace. Hallelujah. Lord, we exalt your name. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, can you stretch your hands up towards heaven? This is how great is our God. Come on, church, you sing it. Sing. Come on, church, you lead it. what I want you to do, church. Now, I think we get in a mode sometimes when we come into church and we, we see the worship team up here, and they're here to help us to enter into the presence of God, but really, you are a worship leader in your seat right there. When you lift up your voice, when you lift up your hands, when you begin to honor God with your heart, 
the Spirit of God has moved. And I can tell you this, the, the, the Word of the Lord says that He is going to and fro across the earth looking for someone to show His mighty hand. He's looking to move on your behalf today. So this is what I want you to do. We're going to start this song and then we're going to fade out. But I want you guys to lead this song today because you are the leader. You are, you're leading to worship to the King, okay? All right, can you help me with that today? Come on, let's sing this. How great is our God? Come on, church, lift your voice. Come on, sing it out. How great. Come on, you sing it. Come on, that sounds good. Come on, do it again. Can you lift up your voice? Come on, sing it again. Come on, church. How great. take our needs before you today you are a God who can do the impossible there is nothing impossible through you Lord so Lord we lay God our petitions at your feet God those who have needs those who are struggling those who are sick in their body Lord those who are dealing with situations in the home God I pray right now God for each and every person God that may be going through, that may be watching online right now, God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would begin to just permeate the place that they are, God, whether it's in their kitchen, Lord, in their living room, God, wherever they find themselves this morning, God, let your presence, God, just begin to just be there in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we pray for those sick in body today. God, and we believe and we know that you are a God who heals. Your name is above every affirmity and every name of sickness in the mighty name of Jesus. We believe that. We declare that right now. And God, we thank you, Lord. We give you adoration. Lord, we give you praise. And we worship you. Can you just lift up holy hands all across this building? Just begin to love on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an atmosphere for his presence in this place today. We seek you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. God, we're not here out of habit, but we're here, God, because we love you, Jesus. We want to know you more. And God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Come on, if you believe that God answers prayers, come on, can you give him a hand clap of praise? And maybe he hasn't answered it yet, but can we honor him and say, Lord, we're looking for the answer. We know you have the answer, God, and we thank you in advance. Amen, amen, and amen. Man, look at someone across the church, all the way across the church. And I, I like to do this, just point at him and say, 
like that, okay? Just make sure they see you. Just point at them and say, like that, all right? This morning, it's so good to see you. And look at the person right next to you and say, I thought you combed your hair before you came into the house of the Lord today. <laughs> what an honor it is to, to see you today and to uh, just be here today. You may be seated today. Uh, uh, thank you for coming out on this cold February morning and making it out to the house of the Lord. You know, I was watching the weather last night, didn't know what was going on. You know, I'm an old California kid, and so we're not used to all this white stuff coming every week. It seems like it wants to come every time we have church. I say, Satan, get behind me, right? Uh, and it seems like it always wants to come right when we're uh, going to be meeting for church. But you came out, you, you braved it today, you made it. And, I, and for that, I say, hey, God bless you and God will honor you. And God is in the place. Uh, how many know that already? You feel the presence of the Lord. Aren't you glad you came? All right. And so if you are a guest with us today, I just want to say uh, welcome today. And um, I am Pastor TJ I'm the uh, balding, uh, slightly middle-aged young man, okay, up here. And uh, I, but I want to say it is an honor to have you today. We are thrilled that you're here. And if there's anything that we can do for you, if we can pray with you or uh, meet with you or anything like that, just let us know. Can, home folks, can we give all of our guests uh, a, a welcome today, a hand clap this, this morning? All right, I've got, uh, today is a special day. I want to say we have, we have some people here, uh, some special guests that are with us today, and they're here for a particular reason. You didn't know today when you came that, that we were going to be doing something special this morning, so that's why I always say you need to come to the house of the Lord because you don't know what's going to happen from week to week, you know, around here. Um, but we are anticipating something great today. I want to say it is an honor to have the uh, presbyters for the Indiana Pentecostal Church of God District with us this morning, uh, Brother Sam uh, Westmoreland and his wife, Terry, all the way from Thorntown. All right, I got it. So let's give them a welcome. And the, and the reason that, that they're here today is we, uh, how many know that as a child of God, uh, our, our job and our, what we should be wanting to do is to grow in the Lord. And uh, when you're called by God, uh, you should take the steps that you need to take to move forward in ministry. How many know that that is true? All right, that is true. And so today we are going to be honoring um, somebody in our church, uh, uh, someone that I like to pick on quite a bit. Uh, for, for stepping up and doing something uh, amazing. And uh, so I'm going to ask uh, brother, brother Sam, can you come on up here? And I'm going to ask Brother Matt Olson to come on up here right now. And everyone just stare in silence as they come up here just to make it more awkward for them. How about that? And uh, w what an honor it is to have you today. And uh, I'm going to let you just take it from here. Is that all right? Good morning, everybody. Um, thank you, Pastor, uh, for having us this morning. We're, uh, we're just so honored to uh, be in worship with you this morning. Uh, it's good to be in here. I just feel the presence of the Lord very strongly in the place, so so thankful for the worship today. Um, I do want to say we are, we're basically filling in for our bishops, um, so if you could just, we covet your prayers for Bishop Helton, Rick Helton, uh, and his wife, Rhonda. Um, he is still recovering 
um, from the COVID-19, okay? So, and that's why they're not able to be here. And so they, they send their love, and they wish they could be here. They really do. And they send their, their hellos and their love to all of you today. And But, but we're here to fill in for them, and it's big shoes to fill, but uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, but, yes, we are here this morning. It is a special day uh, for Brother Matt. Um, we are very excited as a district um, just to welcome Brother Matt in as a credentialed minister of the Indiana District Pentecostal Church of God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Praise God. We are excited. Amen. And um, we want Brother Matt to know as a district that we are behind you, brother, and we love you. We are supporting you in your ministry, and so we want you to know that. And um, just so thankful for he has been faithful in ministry for 20 years, and so that's, that's awesome. And so, so thankful for his faithfulness to the kingdom of God over the years. And uh, we just rejoice with him uh, during this time. And so, you know, Brother Matt was, he was faithful. He was diligent, working hard to earn this uh, credential. And so we're thankful, brother, for the hard work you put in. I know it's not easy. You know, you got ministry, you got family, you just got a lot of things going on, work. And, and so I know it's not an easy thing to do, but I appreciate his hard work and diligence to, to, to make this happen. So uh, we appreciate that. And so without further ado, we want to say congratulations to Matt Olson. Amen. He has finished the courses to receive his exhorters credentials with the Pentecostal Church of God. Amen. Let's give him one more hand. Come on here, brother. I'm going to have Matt say something. I'm going to put him on the spot because I like picking on Matt. I like to use him in my sermons, if you hadn't noticed. Uh, I accused him of stealing the other uh, couple weeks ago, I, last week. <laughs> so, anyways, no, I want to say what an honor it is uh, to see people growing in their, in their walk and their calling uh, with God. And uh, as they take these steps and they move forward. Uh, and you say, well, how do I get involved with that? Well, we've got a way to do that. You just come see me or Brother Sam, and we, we will get you going. But I want Matt to just say something. I'm going to put him on the spot right now just because I can. That's the only reason, just because I can. So I love you, man. He gave me a microphone. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy, 20 years. It, I mean, it's absolutely crazy, you know, to think that um, I have I've, – been able to serve uh, so humbly. Um, I mean, as I stand up here, you know, I think of all the pastors that have stand up, stood up here before, and, and I just think, wow, what a what a humbling, what a true honor it is just to be able to stand up here uh, with these guys. Uh, you know, we're we're so blessed as a church. We are so blessed as a church uh, with the leadership that we have. Um, it's such an honor. Again, it's so humbling. Thank you, brother West, brother Sam, for 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 being here. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, but thank you guys. I, I, you know, it's just, it's one of those things I, I just, in my heart, you know, when we come back, when we come to Cornerstone, God just began to speak. And I was like, no, nope, he's not talking. No, shh, shh. And, I, and God just began to pour it on my heart and, and just began to just drive that. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, and uh, it's because of him. You know, it's just a personal thing that I have just been blessed and honored. And I'm honored to be a part of this church. I love you guys so much. So thank you again very much. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I pick on, on Matt a lot, but uh, honestly, uh, Matt is one of those people that if I called him at 3 in the morning and said, hey, let's go paint the church, he'd be like, let's do it. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of got that go-get-it attitude. And I love that. And I love that about this church is, uh, you know, we have so many people that are willing to just put in the work, do, do things, and keep the kingdom of God moving, keep this church uh, going. And so what an honor it, it, it is. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited. Are you excited about what God is doing? I tell you what, I left here last week just charged uh, in my spirit. And I really just kind of felt like I was on a cloud all week. Uh, we talked about uh, last week our vision, and we talked about what that was in 2021 and what we felt like God was speaking to us, and that, that is simply this, make room. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, make room. Now, we're not doing that just to social distance, but we're, we're actually making room uh, because I believe that God is expanding our borders. God is, is telling us to take our tent stakes and spread them out and to prepare. Um, I, I don't... Uh, I've said this to, I know the board at least, and I may have said this last week, it's important as, as a church that when, uh, when God has put a great calling on all of us here, everybody, not just me, but everybody here, and our job is to win the lost here in Lawrence County and Monroe County and Greene County, and am I missing any other counties that people come from? I don't know, Marion, uh, i just keep going. All of them around us, all right? And as a, as a body, God has given us great uh, responsibility. There's great things that are, they're helping me out right here right now. God has given us great responsibility, and we have to be good stewards of what God has given us. Amen? Amen? And so I, uh, last week I talked about make room, and we talked about um, how uh, we need to make room in our hearts for God. That's the first thing that we have to do. Uh, you know, we have to get this right before we can get all of this right. Amen? If we get this right, the rest falls in place. If I get my heart right, my relationship with my wife gets better. All right, all the men just need to shake your head and say, yes, if I get this, all the women, if you get this right, your relationship with your husband will be better. Okay? And so we talked about that, and, and, and we have to declutter our hearts, and we have to get things out of our lives that don't belong there. I, I kind of likened our hearts sometimes to the show Hoarders, where our hearts look like that, where we're just we're carrying things, and we have things that we think are important that aren't really important, and Jesus is just trying to get through our hearts like this. He's like, man, there's a lot of stuff in here, right? Um, but... What happens when, when we make room for God, we open up our hearts and we start to make room for God to do the miraculous in our hearts. How many believe that? All right, a few of you believe that, so I will keep going. And, and God not only wants to do the miraculous uh, 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 with us, but he wants to do it through us. How many believe that? All right, good. All right, a few more there. As a believer, I know that, that Jesus said... That the law hangs on two things. I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night. Uh, the law hangs on two things. Uh, and love being, being the main thing. But he said, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? You want a real simple gospel message? That's it. Love God, love people. I'm not the Pope. Okay? But love God. This is, uh, this is our vertical relationship with God. And love people. Horizontal. I mentioned this Wednesday night. That four... Uh, four of the Ten Commandments deal with my relationship with God. 
And then the last six deal with my relationship with people. So it goes down. Two simple things. The law hangs on these two things. Love God, love people. Amen. And as the people of God, man, we ought to love God more than anybody. And we ought to love people more than anybody. And so uh, last week we evaluated our hearts uh, and we just asked God to be first in our lives. And this week I want to talk to you about the second part of, of uh, we talked about loving God. But this week I want to talk to you about loving your neighbor. Real simple, loving your neighbor. And, uh, you know, what I, my, what I titled this today was simple as this, make room at the table. That's why I had them bring a table up here. Make room at the table. I'm probably going to bump into this thing, truthfully, because I'm not used to it being there. How many have ever been out to eat with a, with a large group of people? And I've done this because uh, I've been to conferences with pastor friends and stuff. And, and, and usually, you know, sometimes even out of church, we leave here and we're like, hey, we're going to go eat somewhere. And a group of us go eat somewhere, right? And, and sometimes we, we're inviting, you know, different people and they all come and we want everyone to be included. And when we get there, someone else shows up and we're like, you know, they've already given you a table with 18 or whatever. And then here comes a family of five, my family coming in late. And then it's like, hey, okay, you know what? It's not a big deal. We'll just add more, more room at the table, right? And, and so I, I want to just say this. In 2021, what I feel like God is telling us as a church is simply this. We have to make more room at our table. Make more room at our table. How many know that God loves people? You know how I know that? He loves me. You know how you should know that? He loves you. The Bible tells us, right? Uh, and the church, the church, listen, we, if you want to know what the, what the church exists for, it is in the people business. That is it. We love people, we're in the people business, and here, here's the thing, if we aren't reaching people, if we aren't touching people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, can I tell you, we will soon be out of business. Because in our own finite minds, no matter what programs we operate in, no matter what we try to accomplish on, on our own, if it isn't gospel-centered, guess what, it's going to fall flat on its face. It's amazing to me, this is how powerful the gospel is. The gospel being the good news of Jesus Christ. This is how powerful the gospel is. He puts it in your hands and he puts it in my hands. That's how powerful it is. It doesn't matter. You know, I look at myself and I feel like the least qualified person to be here. But God says, hey, here's the gospel, spread it. It's pretty amazing to me. But God loves people. Everyone say amen. Uh, and and if, if God loves people, then I'm called to love those same people that he loves. Right? If God loves people, then I'm called to love those same people that he loves. And sometimes that's easy and sometimes that's the most difficult thing in the world to do. How many have ever had trouble loving on somebody? Lord, help us, right? But here's what I know, that the Lord will help us to make room at the table here at Cornerstone Worship Center. Are you talking about having a dinner, TJ? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Don't, don't mis misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this. We have to open up our table 
to anybody that's coming. Okay, listen, we're, we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, 2 Samuel chapter 9, I want to look at your neighbor and say 2 Samuel chapter 9. Look at your neighbor on the other side who you don't like as much and say, uh, did you bring your Bible? And if you didn't, we have it up here on the screen. It says this, one day... David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, it's ever changed. It's changing us, God, each and every day. God, it, it cuts between the morrow. God, I pray, Lord, that your word goes forth today in truth and in power. God, I pray, Lord, that we leave here, God, just charged with your presence, God. God, that we would not just be hearers of the word, Lord, but we would be doers of the word. God, you've called us, Lord, to reach our community. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just let that burn in our hearts each and every day, each and every hour. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, make room at the table. So one day, David asked, is anyone in, in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness to. Now, here's my first point. If you're, if you're a note taker, you can write this down. And this is going to be overly simple today, but you know me. Simple mind, you get simple sermons, okay? Simple mind, you get simple sermons. All right, number one is this. This is what we have to do to make room at the table. We have to find at least one. Find at least one. Can I tell you this? If we... Look for someone, we'll find someone. Here, I'll give you a good example. If you look for a, uh, you know, let's just say before you were married, if you look for a spouse, guess what? Chances are you could probably find a spouse. If you look for a job, you could probably find a job. Is it everything you ever wanted? Maybe not, but you could find a job, right? And so this is what we need to know. If you look You'll find someone. See, David, this is, this is great because David was just looking for one person to bless. He's just looking for one person to bless. He's like, hey, is there anybody? And something stirred inside of him, and, it, and, it, and he thought, let me bless just one person. It, it's amazing. I don't know what he was doing because what you need to understand about David at this place, he had been king for 15 years. Saul had been out of the picture for 15 years, okay? He had been king for 15 years. And, and, and honestly, he had, uh, if we look at this, if you rewind 15 years, when he took over, this is what happened. Remember Saul died and, and Jonathan died and most of Saul's sons died there in the battle uh, uh, at, at Mount Geboa. And when they died, this is what happened. When David was, became king, this is how it worked. They would go through and they would basically annihilate all of Saul's family just to keep a coup from, from coming up. So someone couldn't say, hey, I'm Saul's son or I'm Saul's lost, lost relative and I should be the king. So they would basically just wipe them out. You say, man, that's bloody and that's crazy. Well, that's just what they did, okay? And in the process, if you go back to 2 Samuel chapter 4, we learn of Saul's family and, and they're, uh, they're, they're being killed except for one guy. And there's this guy. And I'm, I'm probably going to butcher his name 500 times, but I, I've been practicing it all week, okay? And his name is Mephibosheth. Everyone say Mephibosheth. 
And Mephibosheth, in the process of all of Saul's family being annihilated, it says that, that, that he had a nurse or he had a nanny. And in knowing what was happening, this nurse and nanny, she took, she took a little bit of, she was pretty smart. And Mephibosheth, yeah, I told you I was going to mess up. Mephibosheth, he basically was five years old, and she grabbed him. And in the process of, 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 of trying to get away with him, she either, number one, dropped him. Or she fell running with him, and in the process, she caused great damage to this young man. And when she dropped him or they fell, he became permanently injured. See, this is a tragic story when we look at this and we think, man, this five-year-old kid who really didn't, didn't know any better, uh, just, just happened. His only crime was he was the, the grandson of King Saul. And in the process of trying to run away to, to save his life, he gets dropped or something, and his legs are mangled. And they're lame. And it's a very tragic story. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you this, that there are people who have been dropped and have been hurt, and it wasn't their fault. Some of you today are sitting here under the sound of my voice, and you've been dropped by someone, and you've been hurt by someone and it may not have been your fault. Maybe you've been abused. Someone dropped you. Maybe physically they abused you. Maybe someone has abused you emotionally. Maybe someone has abused you sexually. Can I tell you something? That was not your fault. Come on, let's give him a hand if we're going to give him a hand. Some of you have been dropped. Some of you have learned and felt the pain of being abandoned. Maybe your parents left you. Maybe you were a young child and your father walked out of your life. Or maybe you were a young child and you're trying to understand why your, your mom is leaving your dad for another man and you felt abandoned. You were dropped. What about this? You have friends and you thought, man, this is my friend. They're going to be my friend for life. And they walk away from you and they turn away from you. And you don't even know why. Being abandoned, here's another way that we're dropped, by being betrayed or lied to. Maybe your spouse was unfaithful. Maybe your spouse left you. You felt betrayed. They dropped you and you felt pain. And maybe people have accused you of things that you didn't do. Can I tell you that? You've, they've lied on your character. They, they accused you of things. And you felt like it hurt you and that... You were dropped. And here's another one that we could even talk about. There's moments in our life when you're around people, this is what's going to happen. Like, can I tell you something? No matter what church you go to, there are no perfect leaders. There are no perfect people. And if you go to the perfect church, leave because you're going to ruin it. I'm just being real. And Oftentimes this happens, people and leaders, and we feel like people that we, we put faith in, they drop us in the midst, and, and they, we think they're carrying us, and then they drop us, and then we're hurt. And what happens in this, and we, we see in Meshebetheth, his, his whole story here is, is this, he's dropped and he's mangled, and from that point, he can no longer walk on his own. And can I tell you something, when you've been dropped, when you've been betrayed, when you've been abandoned, your walk changes. And when we look at people, we have to understand sometimes they're not walking the same speed as me, 
But I have to be discerning as a believer to understand and know, I don't know what they've been through, and I don't know, maybe they've been dropped at some point. These people, and oftentimes we've been dropped and, and, and we've been mangled by someone else's actions. And if we, here's the thing, if we knew every story, if you look to the person to your left and you look to the person to your right, if you knew every story about that person, you would probably be amazed at their testimony. Or you would probably be going, man, I didn't know that you went through that. Because here's what I know about people. Oftentimes, the thing that, that, that we've been through, we oftentimes cover up or we don't want people to know about it. We feel guilt about it. We feel pain about it. And I, I want to just say this. I believe that the nanny or the nurse's intentions were good. Hey, I'm going to try to save this young man, and I'm going to try to run with him. And I believe her intentions were good. And sometimes that happens too. People have good intentions, but sometimes they just make bad mistakes. And sometimes things just happen. Not everything is somebody doing something. Sometimes things just happen. And can I tell you this, and you've heard me say this, churches, they are, there, there are, church, can I tell you this, there's hurting people all around us, all around us. If we were to take a field trip and walk out the, the back doors of this church and go across the street to the apartment complex and go to these houses, I bet you we can learn some stories that would probably amaze us of people that have been hurt. And it's our job as believers to recognize and discern people's needs with the love of Christ that resides in us. That's it. I know this is way too simple. And I love this about David. David's just sitting there one day. I don't know. I don't know if, he's, if, if maybe uh, CNN has come to interview him about his great life. But he's sitting. Something has caused him to go. I'm just joking. CNN wasn't around back then, okay? So, uh, uh, so, he, so he's there. And something caused something inside of his mind to go back to a moment. And he said, you know what? I remember my friend Jonathan. Now Saul's son. Jonathan, who was the rightful heir to, to the throne. Basically, him and David were, were great friends. Matter of fact, Saul tried to kill David, and Jonathan told him to zigzag when Saul was coming at him and, and really had his back. And Jonathan understood something. You got to give him props on this. He understood the calling of God on David's life. It's pretty amazing. It was his rightful place, but he understood God's calling was more important than what he thought was right. 2 Samuel 9, verses 2 and 3 said, The king then asked him, this is David, Is anyone still alive? Notice that, anyone, anyone. He didn't preface that with, with, with uh, he didn't say it had to be a specific, but is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. When's the last time you showed God's kindness to someone? When's the last time you thought to yourself, hey, I need to show this person kindness. I need to show this person love. When's the last time you walked in that? And it says this. Zebo replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. And I love this about David. He doesn't throw a qualifier out there. He didn't say he had to be a perfect person. He didn't say he had to be this. He just had to be from Saul's family. That, that's all he said. He said, is there anyone from Saul's family he says, and, and he didn't say they had to be able to take care of themselves. Can I just say this, people of God, when we are being discerning and we're looking for one, we cannot throw qualifiers out there. Well, you've got to have your life right. 
you got to be perfect. you got to dress this way. That's not our job as believers. We shouldn't be throwing qualifiers. You can't come to our church unless. No, no, no. You've got it messed up. We need you to come to our church. Right? We want you to come to our church. And I love that. Anyone, David said, anyone. And Jesus would say this. If anyone is thirsty, anyone. No qualifier. Anyone. Jesus said that. That means you. That means me. That means the person that you despise the most. Anyone. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink of me. And I've been caught on that verse all year, this year, 2021. You've heard me quote that almost like four or five times. Anyone. And our job as believers is to love our neighbor as ourself. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Like I love me. Well, I got quiet on that second part. Our job is not to qualify them for help, but to reach out in love and kindness. Now, let me ask you this, and this is a rhetorical question. It means I'm going to ask it, and I want you to think about it. I don't need your answer, okay? Just in case you didn't know what a rhetorical question was. But this, when's the last time you were moved in compassion for someone? Stop and think about that for a minute. When's the last time? And I'm not talking about your kids, because that's easy. And I'm not talking about your family members, because that's easy. It's easy for me to move in compassion. I'm not talking about your friends. That's easy to move in compassion for someone. What about somebody who can do nothing for you at all that you may never, ever, ever see again? When was the last time you were moved in compassion? I'm going to tell you something. When, when I think about that, and I, and, I, and I go through my daily routine, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm out and about, and I'm in the stores, and I'm, and I'm just thinking, and I see people, and, and I can't help but think if, if Jesus was here, he would look at that person and say, I have compassion for that person. I love that person. But oftentimes, I'm so busy doing what TJ is doing that I miss, and I have these blinders on, that I miss the opportunity to be Jesus' hands and feet. Amen? Amen. And so many of us, uh, many, and many of Jesus' miracles, when we, when we look back at it that were performed, he was moved with compassion. Go back and you can, you can look them up. Let's look up the word compassion. Put it in Google, compassion in the New Testament. You'll see that most of the, the pre-qualifiers for Jesus to do a miracle was compassion that led him to do it. Not because that person was perfect, not because they qualified, not because, because he just loved them. David, by looking for one to bless, is aligning himself with God's blessing. Can I tell you this? When we, when we look for the one to bless, let me tell you what we're doing. We're aligning ourselves with how Jesus sees people. We are. There's no better place to align yourself than with the blessing of God. If God loves them, align yourself with them. I'm going to love them. If God would bless them, align yourself with them and bless them. Don't just be, talk, talk is cheap. Don't, I've been talking about this in the book of James. Talk is cheap. Don't just talk about it, but do it. Do it. All right. So uh, when we do this, we are opening ourselves up for a blessing. And my job is to find one. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, my job is to find one. Find one. Not to pick or choose who's perfect, but find one. 
I love this story because this is one of the greatest stories. And, and, and know this, that in every New Testament principle, there's, a, there's an Old Testament example. And this is, this is one of those examples. This is an example of redemption. You are redeemed by Jesus because Jesus stepped in the gap for Jesus was David and said, is there one that I can bless? And he said, I will go take the weight of the cross for you. That's the story of redemption. I love that. And I say this, as a church, God help us to find one. I'm not telling you to go out and to reach 10,000 people, but I want you this week find one person to show compassion to, to show love to, to be the example that Christ has called you to be. You say, who, 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 do, who do I do that? I, I think you need to pray about it. I think you need to let the Holy Spirit lead you. That might be that person that you totally don't like at work, that never shows up on time, that always makes you work late, that always makes you do. That might be the compassionate moment that you have. Oh, that's not easy, TJ. Exactly. Didn't put a qualifier on it. Just find one, right? And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it's important. God loves people. And people matter to God. So people should matter to me. Souls matter to God. So souls should matter to me. Everyone say, find one. Here's the second part, I, second thing right here. Go to the dry place. Go to the dry place. Everyone look at your neighbor say, go to the dry place. Come on, say it with, say it with some, come on, say, go to the dry place. Hey, man, we could use some desert temperatures today, right? Raise the temperature of like 40 degrees. All right. Where we find uh, the people that hurt the most are usually in the driest places. Maybe they're emotionally numb. Maybe they're spiritually dry. Second Samuel 4 says, uh, chapter 9, verse 4 says this. Where is he? And this is King David, he asked. And, and Lodabar, Ziba told him, and at the home of, of Makar, son of Amiel. So David sent for him and brought him from Macher's home, and his name was Mephibosheth, and he was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. Scripture tells us he was lame in his legs, and he couldn't walk. Can you imagine this, being five years old and 15 years, um, being lame, and, but not only being lame, but also being hidden. You're not, you're not worthy because if, if we bring you out into the light, he was in the witness protection program, basically, is what he was. And they hid him in this town. And Lodabar name, it's, it's super important. The, town, the town's name is important because it means this. It means no pasture or no green, no grass, dry or barren. Southern California is what I'd call it. Lodabar, it doesn't rain there. It's, there's nothing going on, Right? The grass definitely wasn't greener there. And can I tell you this, uh, the, grass, uh, the grass wasn't green there, but can I tell you this, the grass may be greener. Sometimes we always, we hear that adage, the grass is greener over there. But th where the grass is greener, the water bill is higher. And where the grass is greener, there may be a septic tank underneath it. Right? And this is what Lodabar was. It was a place of unskilled, the unimportant, the weak, the uneducated, the outcast of society. And if you found yourself in Lodabar, you were the bottom of the barrel. 
And Meshibaphet, the outcast, the lame man, hiding in a dry place. Have you ever felt dry in your heart? Have you ever felt like you were in a season of dryness? You ever felt like an outcast that maybe you were being overlooked and people weren't paying attention to you and you felt like that, that you, you had a greater purpose but things weren't moving in, in the way that you thought? And maybe you're, you, you've, you're here today and you feel like in your past someone dropped you. You feel like an outcast and that you'll never be good enough. And you may feel like, hey, I'm, I'm spiritually in a loaded bar place, a dry place. Seems impossible. I'm over here with the unfit toys over here in this, this island. We're all existing, okay? Be careful when you're around those kind of people because there's this mentality, a woe is me mentality that begins to happen. He was an outcast. He was in a dry place. And this is what I know. And maybe this is you. Maybe you're in a dry place because you're hiding from a situation that you don't want to deal with. Uh, but if I, if I go, if, if David knows about me, this may happen, this may happen, so I'm just going to just sit here and do nothing. It's dry and it's barren. Can I tell you this, and this is, this is something I want you to catch in your hearts, church, and this is my heart right here. You say, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know how to see opportunities for, for God to use me. Can I tell you this? The need is the call. If there's a need, that's the call. You don't have to come to me and say, you know, you can come to me and say, hey, pastor, what would, I love that if you do, and say, hey, what can I do? But can I tell you something? If you see someone who needs groceries, that's the call. If God has put someone in front of you who is hurting, that's the call. If God puts someone on your heart that you could pick up the phone and call and encourage him, that's literally the call. The need is the call. Everyone say, the need is the call. And can I tell you this, the need doesn't always come in a nice, neat package with a pretty bow on top. Sometimes it comes in a Tasmanian devil form. You're like, why, Lord? Right? Sometimes it's sitting in a dry and a barren place, hiding. And this is what I know. Church, we have to go and we have to compel them to come. You have to go to their level, and you have to grab them. That's one thing I love about Jesus is he always got to people's level. He didn't let them stay down there, but he got on their level, and he elevated them up to where he was at. And that's what we have to do as believers. You know, here's the thing. Your neighbor needs help. That's the call. Someone needs to jumpstart their car. You have jumper cables. That's the call. Right? Someone needs grocery, that's the call. And it's there, maybe in the dry place that we have to open our eyes to see, to eyes, eyes to see and ears to hear what the need is. In the dry place. It's not always easy. And, and this is what we need to know. Meshibaphet, his name means shameful breath. Weird name, right? This is a weird name. It literally means. And, and, and this is... You know, I, I, can't, I can't tell you this is what it was, but I believe he had some sort of breathing issue as well, okay? This is my personal opinion. You can research that if you want, but his name literally meant shameful breath. And maybe that might have been why the, the nurse was carrying him because he couldn't run. I don't know. But 
under the guilt of being dropped, the guilt of being in the dry place. And oftentimes as believers, we get there and sometimes we're there and we're, man, man, I am feeling guilty about something that God's blood has already covered. And we always mention it, God, I feel guilty about it. And God's like, guilty for what? Because uh, when I forgave you, I, I kind of forgot about why you keep bringing this up. But we feel guilt uh, and, 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 under, and, and we feel guilt and we feel like we're in a dry place and we feel shameful and we feel incompetent. And, and honestly, his name means shameful breath. And that doesn't mean that he had halitosis. Thank you. That means bad breath, just so you know. But he's, he had some kind of breathing issue. But the shame of your past is, is wearing on you. How many of you have ever felt that way? Past mistakes. You know God's blood has covered it, but you also, you, you go back and you start pulling it back up and saying, God, I, I can't believe I did that. And you're the one carrying guilt that you were never intended to carry. Can I tell you this? The king is calling. Like David, the king is calling. And I love this. Church family, we have to make room in our lives for moments to go and grab people in shame and in guilt and in mangled situations. And, and maybe their, their limp and their walk is not as fast as ours, but we, gotta, we can't be so fast that we can't turn around and, and help grab their hand and pull them along and say, hey, we're going to make it. We're going to get here. I believe in you. We're going to do this together. And this story, I love this because its redemption story is full of grace. And it's full of mercy. Here's my third point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. Lead with love and not fear. Lead with love and not fear. Number three. 2 Samuel 9, verse 6 and 7 says, When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect, David said, Greetings, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. David said, Don't be afraid. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. I love this because this is a great redemption story. This is a guy that went from zero to hero like this. That's how God works. He takes us from zero to hero like this because God loves people. Amen. And I like this because David, what he does here, when he comes in, he doesn't, he doesn't call him, uh, you know, weakling. He doesn't call him by his by his lameness, he doesn't call him by his breathing issue, he doesn't call him by those, he calls him what? By name. Can I tell you this today, that Jesus knows your name. And he's calling you by name, no matter who's dropped you, no matter how, how many times you've fallen, no matter how much pain you've felt, he's saying, calling you by name, he's saying, Wyatt, he's saying, Matt, he's saying, Noah, he's saying, Brayden, he's saying, Tristan, I want to leave the ladies out, Christina, <laughs> and he's calling you by name, Jesus, you remember at the tomb, after he resurrected, he called Mary by her name. Remember, she didn't know who he was. She thought, she thought he, was, he was the gardener, and he said, Mary. And then she was like, 
Oh, my sheep know my voice. The shepherd knows your name today. And I love that. Amen. And today Jesus is calling you by name. David says this, don't be afraid. Today you may feel guilty in yourself. You may feel dry. You may feel lame. You may feel mangled, insufficient. Can I tell you Jesus is calling you and he's saying don't be afraid. See, Mephibosheth had every reason to be afraid. He survived 15 years hidden, but he probably heard his whole life, we can't let David's family or anyone know that you're here because as soon as they know that you're here, they're going to just wipe you out. And so his whole life he had lived in fear of what was going to happen. And some of you are afraid to step into the promise of God because you, you live in fear and you're, you're so worried about the guilt and the pain that's on you. Can I tell you, he's calling you by name. And he's saying this, fear not. Come on, fear not. Don't be afraid to take that step. I love this right here. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, but, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. And thank God for both of them in my life. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. I need grace and mercy. You need grace and mercy. 2 Samuel 9, verse 8 says, Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show so much kindness to a dead dog like me? That tells me all I need to know about him. He thought he was nothing. He thought he was unimportant. And maybe that was a cry for help. I don't know. Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. What was yours, I'm restoring. What the devil took, I'm going to give back to you. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. You're going to take care of his family. You guys are going to do it. This is all his land. You guys are going to do this for him. He's not capable of doing it, but you're going to do it for him. Look at this. It says, but Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at the table with me. He's not going to have to worry about farming. He's not going to have to worry about, about himself. But he is going to get a chair and he is going to be able to sit at the table with me. Come here, Wyatt. Come here, Noah. Come here, Brayden. Guys, have a seat. Come on. Come here, Joe. Come on. He's like, oh, man, I almost made it out of there. So close. Look. We could, we could pretend that this is our church and that we have met our capacity and it doesn't seem like that we can add anybody else. 
And we may have this mindset that this is just us. But, but I know that redemption story says otherwise. Because David's table could have been full by anybody at any given moment. He could have put anybody in there at any given moment. But this is, this is how good God is. And this is why I know David was a man after God's own heart. Because this is redemption's story. This is how God works. When it seems like everything is full, this is what God does. God says, oh, I got another chair right here. Come here, Zaley. Come on. Grab another chair. Grab another chair. Help me, help, help me, Greg. Grab another chair real fast. Yeah, just, just unhook that chair right there, right where you're at. Don't, don't drop your phone. See, this is unorganized, but this is what I, what, I, what I felt. Pull another chair up to the table. Slide over. Go ahead and sit down. This is the story of redemption right here. When we think it's all full, listen, church, when we think that we've, we've reached our capacity, let me tell you something. You know what we do when the table looks like this? We add another table. We begin to spread our, we begin to pull our tent stakes out and say, hey, there's room for more. There's room for more. You may not be perfect, but there's room for you. You may be bald, but there's room for you. You may be ugly, but there's room for you. Sorry, I'm just picking on everybody up here. Listen to this. Man and woman, there's room at the table for you. There's room at Cornerstone for you. This is a place for you. Some of you have felt like you were dropped, you were mangled, sitting in a dry season or a place, guilty, scared, and fear. Because you feel like you aren't good enough. Can I tell you that's a lie of the enemy and there's a place for you. And Jesus says this, come and sit at the table. Psalms 23 says this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And where you feel like you're being attacked by the enemy, left and right, left and right, left and right. Let me tell you what God says. Pull a chair up to the table. We're going to sit down. We're going to eat. We're going to rest about this. You don't have to worry about anything because we're going to eat while the enemy's trying to attack you. You are his son. You are his daughter. And God is calling you to eat at his table. And when we do this, the blood covers our sins. And Meshiba Beth, he, when he sat underneath the table, can I show you something? This is real practical. This is super easy. But when he sat underneath the table, he pulled himself up to the table, his mangled legs, he couldn't see anymore and he saw eye to eye with King David and he could look him in and David saw him as an equal that day and said I want to bless you I want to love you can I tell you today God is calling you and he's saying I love you and I want to bless you and I've got room for you and I just need you to take a step towards me and I need you to just pull a chair up to the table we'll spread out we'll make more room two people I want to talk to today you guys just stay right there you're doing a good job two people I want to talk to today I want to talk to those who are hurting those who felt like you've been dropped and maybe that's you and maybe you feel like man someone really dropped me you don't know my story TJ and I I've never told anyone this but can I tell you 
Someone dropped me, someone hurt me, someone abused me, someone, someone betrayed me, someone abandoned me. And let me tell you something, it hurts. And I've been in a dry place and I've been in a, a place that I feel guilty. But I, I hear what you're saying, that Christ is saying, come. Christ is saying, come, I've made room for you. And if you're here under the sound of my voice, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to give you a moment to, to make things right with God today. You're here under the sound of my voice and you say, hey, I hear you, TJ. I, I, I hear what you're saying and I need that redemption story in my life. I know I'm not perfect. I know I've made my mistakes. But can I tell you that Jesus is the lifter of your head? And any guilt that you're feeling, he will replace with joy and peace and love and kindness. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you that moment. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed. No one looking around. Just for the reverence. Just reverence the Holy Spirit today. You say, hey, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to rededicate my life today. This is your moment right here, right now. Just lift your hand. Anybody in the building? Anybody in the building today? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you lived, that you died, and were resurrected on a cross for my sins. Lord, I believe you're coming back for a pure and spotless bride. God, I confess, Lord, with my mouth today. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for all the sin in my life. God, I ask that you replace guilt and shame with joy and peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on, for the one soul, heaven's rejoicing right now. Heaven's rejoicing right now. It's the second, second group I want to talk to today. Listen, now this is, this is my, my, my church family here. We made room for God last week. And this week, we turn our attention and we say, God, I've got this right. But God, can you help my heart? Can you help me to love people like you love people? Can you, can you help me to see people through the lens of Jesus Christ and not through the lens of T.J. Skiles? Because here's my thing. When I look at people the way I see them, guess what? I don't always see them through the lens of, of love that Jesus does. I see imperfection. I look at people and think, man... <laughs> Are they really worthy? I'm just being truth and honest today. But I say this, God, 
as the people of God coming into 2021 and we say, God, we want to expand our, our tent. Lord, we want to make room for people. Lord, I, I, I want to make room in my heart for people, God. And, and in order to do that, God, I have to live a life that's bigger than what I see. And under the sound of my voice, you say, hey, that's me, pastor. That's me, pastor. All heads bow. Let's just bow our heads. I'll just be reverent, reverent today to what the Spirit's doing. He's doing something in this place. I, 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 he's churning hearts. He's, 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 he's stirring. <laughs> he's stirring something in here right now. You say, Pastor, hey, I want to I move forward in 2021. I want to exp expand our borders. I want to be a steward of what God's given me, and I want to treat it right, and I want to love on people, and I want to see people like, 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 like Jesus sees people, and I want to see the best in people. I want to love on people. And when they reject me, I want to love on them more because that's how I want to see them because I know they need to know you. And you hear that, and you hear me saying that today, and you say, hey, I'm moved to do something for God. And I need to learn to make room at the table for, for, for one, for at least one. Would you be man and woman enough to say, hey, I, I need to really pray about that. I, I, I need, to, I need to, to be better at that. If that's you, under the sound of my voice, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the hands are just going up everywhere. This is encouraging today because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> God's about to do something, and you might as well get 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 in get in while while the ship's moving. Let's pray. God, stand with me all across this building. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would begin to just move in this place. God, God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be moved in love and compassion. God. God, that our hearts wouldn't move in wrath and anger, but they would be moved in love. God, for the lost. God, as we go about our daily life. God, as we go in the grocery store, Lord, as we, we go into the gas station. God, God, let us seize the moments where we can be discerning and we can see hurting people. Lord, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, buy that person's lunch today or or love on that person can you just tell that person that i love them god let us be brave enough god let us be bold enough in the holy spirit to just go up to people and just begin to declare the goodness of god over them and and pray with them in the middle of the aisle at, at walmart god god i ask lord that you would just take us god as, as we begin to make room at the table, God, Lord, that our hearts would become wider, Lord. That we would learn to love our neighbor, God, as we love ourselves, God. That we would move forward, God. We know that you love us, God. And we know that you love people. So knowing that, God, 
that you love people, we say, Lord, we love people. God, help me to love people like you love people. God, we declare, God, things that have been spoken over people, God, uh, uh, <laughs> prophecies, God, that maybe have been dormant in people's lives. God, may they come to life. God, I believe that there's a stirring, God. There's a stirring of the gift of God that is happening right now in the people of God that's happening right now in this church, God. And I believe, God, that the harvest is great. But, God, I believe, Lord, that you've given us all that we need to succeed. God, I pray, Lord, that we open our minds and open our hearts to what you have. God, let us see people the way you see them. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We believe it, and we know it, and we claim it. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Come on and just love on the Lord, will you? Just do that for me. Stand with me. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Worthy are you, Lord. I'm going to ask them to sing this song. And while we do this, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just search your heart and say, hey, God, we prayed about it. We believe it. But God, this week, Lord, give me one. I'll, I'll start small. Give me one. Give me one. And maybe you're, maybe you're feeling brave. Say, Lord, give me one every day. When you learn that this walk with God is not just about you growing, but it's about you growing and grabbing as many people out of the depths of hell and pulling them along with you, it's life-changing. So let's sing this song. Let's just begin to just lift our hands. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, for your grace, for your mercy and your love today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just charge our hearts as we move forward this week, God, that we're forever changed by your presence today and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come on and just give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house. I want to say thank you for, for being patient with me today. This was just burning in my heart last night and uh, honestly this week, and I've just been feeling it. And I pray that, that it was communicated in a way that's applicable and nothing is targeted at you or trying to call you out, but I'm just trying to take us to a place. To get to the next level, you have to take a step up, and it takes effort. So that's where we're trying to get to, all right? Do you guys still love me? All right. You love Jesus. That's the, that's the better one. Stretch your hands this way. I want to bless you guys this week, and I've, I've just neglected to do this, and, but I believe in the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Come on and just give him adoration. I'm going to ask Brother Greg. Sorry, Greg. I didn't mean to pick on you earlier. It was just too easy. I, I, I'm right there with you. I am not bald. I am here. What a great service. Thank you so much, Pastor TJ. If you're a guest with us this morning, we are just so thankful that you came out this morning and you, and you decided to fellowship with Cornerstone and this body here. We just, in front of you, there's a connect card. If you could fill that out and turn it into our welcome desk, we would just love to get to know you, pray for you, and, and just find out what needs that you might have and what brought you into Cornerstone today. But we're so honored that you came. Uh, if you get at your ties today, you can give your ties as you exit the sanctuary. There's buckets there that you can tithe with. You can give online. Uh, Tristan's done an amazing job of putting new ways for us to tie together. You can text it. Uh, it's super easy. It's a great way you can give your offerings and ties. And just a few announcements. We've got the Women's Fellowship Tuesday night, February 9th at 7 p.m. This is the Ignite Girls has a Galentine's Day brunch. Galentine's. That's clever. Who thought of that? Girls only. Obviously, it's gal on times. It's very clever. Good job. February 13th at 10.30 a.m. from 10.30 to 12.30. Men's outing. All the men. Bass Pro Shop. February 20th. Leaving the church at 9.15 sharp. Got to make sure you make it for that. Sign up at the information desk for that as well. New membership classes. If you want to become a voting member of Cornerstone and just really get connected with the body here, we've got new membership classes starting up Wednesday night, February 24th. So those will be here at the sanctuary on Wednesday night starting February 24th. And then baptism service on February 28th. So if you've never been baptized or if you want to rededicate your life and just re rededicate to Christ, February 28th, you just need to sign up at the information desk. Thank you so much for coming out today. We bless.